0: What's happening, you guys? It's John over here at Wrestling Plug, Inc., back with another Spotlight Series podcast. Today's guest is Tay Keith. I know we've been out for quite a bit with a lot going on. I bought recently bought a house. Things have been kind of hectic with the holiday, but I couldn't be more excited to get back after the Spotlight Series that I love to do. And our guest today, Tay Keith, has a ton of stories. He's very interesting. He's talking his future in the business, why he took some time off in 2020, and so on. So please make sure you give this podcast a listen, a like, a subscribe. Go check out Jonte Key's Facebook page. And as always, T-Crazy's got the music provided today, so go give him a follow on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you can find T-Crazy's stuff. And enjoy!
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I track, God, I'm a king. One day, I'm gonna pull up on an elephant. Yeah, give a fuck about a hater trying to knock me out. Nah, that's irrelevant. Yeah, never have
0: ever, ever said, so... ladies and gentlemen. My guest at this time is none other than Jante Keith. How are you, sir?
2: I'm good, and bless you. I-
0: can't complain, man. I'm glad uh, you took some time out of your uh, busy schedule to uh, sit down with us and let you spotlight you.
2: Um, I appreciate y'all even for like even giving me the time to express myself or whatever. So thank you.
0: Uh, so these are fun back- to do. Oh, yeah. So a quick backstory for our, our new listeners and maybe for yourself, uh is uh, we've been doing this spotlight series at Wrestling Plug Inc. for a couple of years now. We've been doing the written version, um, but decided recently, I thought, man, it's probably a lot more intimate and I can get a lot more personal with uh, a podcast version. So, episode three is upon us, your guest number three in this new venture. That's and I'd be happier to have you. Nah,
2: I'm, so, I'm just following y'all for a minute, too. So, yeah, i have be seeing the spotlight I'll be having on people. So,
0: yeah,
2: I'm a fan of what y'all are doing, too. So it's, it's all love over here.
0: Appreciate you, And we're a fan of what you're doing here. And I like to have people that I find fascinating and interesting on. And if I can just quickly let you know, so a few years back, I just started getting into the independent wrestling scene. I had uh, saw a flyer for a show in South Bend for PWK, and one of the first... One of the first matches on that card, some random Sunday night. I can't even remember. It's been so long. Spirit of Detroit is one of the first matches up. And you you two stole the show. Thank you, man. And from that moment on, I said, I got to follow Jante's career. I got to stay <laughs> up on what he's doing, what your brother's doing. So I've been a fan this This is a fan podcast man I, I, don't, mm. I know people say act like you've been there before in your're interviewing, but i 'm just humbled to have uh, you know a wrestler your caliber come on and talk to me so yeah, if you don 't pre- mind I
2: appreciate that for real. that means a lot I really do.
0: oh so how did you uh, how did you get your start in the wrestling business, or what moment did you realize this was for me
2: um i started in two thousand ten i didn't get like the uh, um, the right way. I started in the yard. So <laughs> I started in a yard and okay. eventually I ended up getting uh trained the right way. But um that made me want to do this probably when Jeff Hardy had jumped off the cage in uh in two thousand. It was the Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian. It was like they last Ooh. match for a while because the Hardys was chasing the Edge and Christian and they finally got that uh that big win in their hometown. And Seeing Jeff Hardy get that that big moment, like that big jump at the end, like that, that just caught me. Like I was like I was hooked after that.
0: <laughs> I can imagine the Hardys and Chris, Edge and Christian, man, they put on some some shows. Back man, there. it was
2: that man, uh, Edge and Christian and the Hardys for sure is nostalgia. Like I'm big on nostalgia nowadays, and like everything is like if if it rem- my childhood, I'm instantly like watching. it. Like that's where I'm at right now. When I think about the Hardys and the Edge and Christian and the Dudley's and that whole time period, like bro, it's it's nothing like it, man. It's really not, like wrestling hasn't been the same that time period.
0: I I can't I can't disagree with you there. I know that uh, tag team wrestling, in a sense, is kind of making a comeback with uh, AEW, mm. especially, but it's not like it was back in that day. I mean, there there were so many good teams; it was hard to eliminated. You couldn't, you know what I mean? You yeah. could go about five or six teams deep and go, yep, they could be world champs.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, it was, and the vibe was all different. I mean, as time goes on, like, we can discuss more like, what, like, how wrestling has changed or whatever, but, like, yeah, like, then it was just a different vibe, you know. Obviously, things got to uh, evolve and whatnot, but, yo, it wasn't nothing like the old attitude era and the roof aggression I'm more so a roof aggression era um, kid. Thing, but attitude and ruthless ruthless aggression era was man. That was a, that was a good time to be alive for <laughs> Yeah, it's
0: an it's an underrated era for sure. I mean, I, yeah. I know a lot of people, you know, romanticized the attitude era, but the ruthless aggression era. They had some athletes, and they had some show stealers. Yeah,
2: facts. That's when I felt like Which the ring got man, better. A man
0: of your stature, a man of your stature. You know, as I like to call you, the show stealer, because any show that you're on and i was i was going to save this question for later but if when i watch your your career as i've started as i followed it you, whether you're match 1 or the main event you give the fans 110% and more often than not you're the talk of that show and i know that the mentality is, you know, know your place on the card, so to speak. So what goes into your mentality when it's like, you don't care whether you're opening or closing that show, you're going all out.
2: Because, well, when I first, when I had that mentality at the, at, uh, at first, it was more so like I was being selfish. You know, I, I, it took me a little minute to actually like appreciate what's going on and like appreciate like you're matching stuff on a card because, yeah, you are supposed to have like a um a place and stuff like that, but you don't want to take away from anybody. My mindset at the time was like, regardless of if I'm match one, match two, or what how many minutes I gotta go in that match, I'm like, I'm still obligated to give these people a show. You know, so that's not gonna I'm not gonna um cheat nobody. That's just like a basketball player, like cheating the game and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You cheating the people that wanted to come out there and see you perform. So I feel like Anytime that you go out there, you are the main event. You gotta make yourself a mo. You gotta make a moment to make people uh, remember you and stuff like that. So that's why I'm not. I don't really understand like what it means when people say that you're getting buried and whatnot. Because like I feel like only you can bury yourself, especially if nobody is like keeping you off of that show. Like anytime you go out out there, chance to uh, perform. Like that's. Moment, you know, and that's just always been my mentality. Go out a moment somehow. If you got five seconds to go out there and do something, the best five seconds that they ever seen in their life, you know what I mean? So I always went into it like that.
0: And yeah, that definitely shows. And um so circling back a little bit, you said you started in the yard. Yep yard so to speak yeah. and then you got trained who uh, who did uh who ended up training you and how did you get uh in contact with some real training and how did that how did becoming a yarder i guess if you <laughs> want to go all the way back how did you how did you get into that aspect of it and then decide okay i want to keep going and get into the training
2: part? me and my cousin was watching wrestling you know just like everybody else um and just decided one day at my grandparents house like you know what let's just go make a ring Stuff. And it's funny because we made a ring out of a tent that used to be in my grandpa's house. And what we used for ropes was uh, the water hose. And we'll put the water hose around the tent as rain ropes and shit like that. And then we'll have, like, little chairs to be, like, the corners and stuff like that. And then we we'll, that's when we started um, having little matches and killing ourselves and jumping off my grandparents' roofs and shit like that and getting in trouble. But um, I eventually got in, like, got real training from uh, Briar Willington. It was this company that I started with back in, like, late 2011. Still didn't really have any training, but because the little company I was working for, we needed to be, like, a little bit more legit. So they started bringing in, like, pros to, like, you know, help us out and stuff like that. Briar Willington was one of those people that came in there and started showing us the basics, showing us how to bump and, um, you know, put on holes, you know, shit like that. Uh, And that's really, honestly, like the only I had because as time went on, I just went into the ring and, you know, the old school way is you get into the ring with one of the veterans and they start beating your ass. That's how you learn. (laughs) You learn how to work from that. So that's how I ended up really like getting real training was from them. I didn't go to a school or nothing like that. I just learned how to bump uh, bump and feed for folks. You know, if you know how to feed, um you you pretty much good they'll, they'll take care of you
0: yeah and i think uh your bumping ability and selling is probably one of the more underrated parts of your game so to speak <laughs> i mean everybody sees everybody sees the high spots but when you watch your matches man whew, you sell your ass off for that person and make them look like a million bucks i'm
2: trying to make it as uh rela- real as possible you know you can't. I don't want to go out there, and like I said, I don't want to cheat. So that's what's most the most important thing in wrestling, bro, is selling. Like, re- regardless if you're um, on the offense or on the defense, right? and everything revolves around selling. And that's how you make. That's how you draw people. You gotta sell what's going on because it's like you're, it's like you're like at a dealership and whatnot. You're trying to get somebody to buy this car. You know, what I'm saying when you're in the ring, you're trying to get somebody to to understand, like, what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? If you're a babyface, you're trying to get somebody to feel sorry for you. If you were here, you know you know how it go. <laughs>
0: trying to get, trying to get right, so Trying to get that heat. Exactly. Yeah. So on your uh, on your come up throughout your career so far, who would you say has been the biggest influence, whether it be somebody that you trained with, somebody you saw on TV, maybe a combination of a few different people that kind of – has been the biggest influence, as I just said, in your career so, so far? Well, as far as, like, personally, um,
2: Cass, for sure. A lot of fun fact, Cass was the one that trained me, like, you know, taught me other shit. He was the one that got me into the yeah. business and whatnot. He told me... Uh,
0: for those that don't know, that's your, your brother, Cassidy. Right. Yeah.
2: He um schooled me a lot. So, oh, a lot to bro. And, uh... Uh, like as far as who I idolize, I think it's, it's obvious. You know, I idolize Jeff Hardy. <laughs> That's my guy.
0: Right. I think, I mean- yeah, everybody <laughs> know that one. And
2: um, Shawn Michaels. Those are my biggest influences. Um, but as far as in the business, yeah, it's probably just mostly Cash. He's the one that uh, that took a chance on me more so than anybody did. Honestly, you know, I trained with a-
0: how 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 did that partnership arrive. I know you guys are brothers, so I mean, there's an obvious connection there, but like you said, he took a chance on you, so was he already in the business and was looking for a tag partner? It would,
2: what it was, we was still wrestling in like the, um we was wrestling in the same company, this little yarder fed back in the day when I first started out. He was the one that was showing me like different uh um different moves and stuff like that, like training me how to bump, et cetera, et cetera. So we was already in the same company, but he was wearing more like uh, advanced in a lot of things in our work, So we didn't really like uh touch like that. He was doing his spots on the car and I was still trying to work my way up doing whatever. Um it wasn't until like twenty thirteen when I was just like hardly getting any bookings, hardly even working like at all really. Like I felt like I was gonna have to like just quit altogether because I was not getting any work. What well, nobody messing with me at that time. So so I was pretty frustrated. And then Cass was also frustrated too, because he was uh he was about to change his gimmick. I don't know if you remember, but he was doing like the Terra Khan thing where it was more like a yeah, more right. like an African warlord monster or whatever the hell it was back then. But um <laughs> he was trying to change his gimmick and be more himself, and a lot of promoters wasn't fucking with that. They was like, nah, that's cool. Like we don't really want that out of you, bro. Like we want the, the monster cast. But Cass wanted to be himself. So, um, you know, it was pretty frustrating. And we were just like, you know what, let's just form a tag team. Like, he, because we, in the business, we didn't trust anybody as much as we trust each other. Like, we were still, granted, yeah, we got a lot of heat. It's coming from where we come from. So we really just had to one another. Like, that's how tight we were. We just had to look out for each other. And we said, you know what, fuck it, let's just make a tag team out of this. And that's what we did.
0: And you said you guys got a lot of heat yeah. for it. What do you What do you mean by that? You, with promoters not wanting you guys to be yourselves, that we you wanted them to you to fit into a mold that they thought you should fit into, and you guys were not feeling that, or
2: we was more so, so man, we was so outspoken about a lot of things, and you know, way before everything was going on like now, wrestlers are outspoken about a lot of things, and you know, like me and Cass was doing that shit, like. Way before all that, you know, and it and kind of rubbed people off the wrong way. It rubbed promoters off the wrong way. But more so, him. He was the one that had the heat, and I had heat by association. <laughs> so I was like, damn, like I ain't even do nothing. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, you know, that's how it yeah. works. Unfortunate. Uh, I used to work I right. So I'm like, what the hell?
2: Like I ain't do nothing. But because my brother, you know, I'm I'm riding with him through whatever, you know, right or right or wrong. Right. And and that was that's just our our how our mentality was you know we we definitely stayed with each other because we didn't know who was to get, us, uh, get us and we didn't know who to really trust you know so it was we bonded like hella over that time period for sure and
0: so would you guys feel like there's a sense of relief now because. You, like you said, you guys were outspoken. I don't like to use the term outspoken because I feel like that gets a negative connotation. Yeah. I feel like you guys were just saying what needed to be said, but the rest of the wrestling business at that right. time wasn't where they needed to be, as we found out, you know, this past year. A lot of things, mm-hmm. are things like, and the business is a better place, I believe, yeah. for it. So, does that kind of like in a way you trailblaze that, or is it just. Uh. Yeah, you know I, guess, I, mean? I mean,
2: I wouldn't say, like, we we trailblazed and we did, you know, I mean, we do have a, a, a big influence, I feel like, in a lot of this stuff because a lot of folks were scared to, like, just for a, a lot of wrestlers that wasn't going to take bookings before, you know, they was just like, yeah, if we're not going to take bookings such and such and such and such is going on, like, me and Kaz been getting blackballed <laughs> because of shit like that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't really new to us. But I'm glad that a lot of things is, is um, has exposed and we're cleaning up the business and stuff like that because we need it, man. Like, we we really do. So it's, I don't really – I'm not trying to say that we deserve more credit and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not like that. Like, people know how we are. You know, they know what we stood for before all this. The bigger picture is that it's getting exposed now, you know. So it doesn't matter who brought it up as long as who's – Helping to clean this shit up, exactly. Because it's
0: finally finally out there, yeah. right? Right. So, over your career, you said you you know there seems like you've had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Let's talk about some mm-hmm. of those ups. What what moment or two has stood out to you in the you know this wrestling ride that you've been on so far? Maybe in ring or
2: let me see, like you know. this taught me so much, you know, because I, I haven't really wrestled um, this year because of, obviously, the COVID thing that was going on and just me nursing my injuries and stuff like that and just hair, right? So it made me realize, like, a lot of things. Um, the the best moments really happen when, like, more so behind the scenes than in, you know, in the moments I feel like is the people that I've met. You know, what I mean, some of the knowledge that I've gained uh, to to have a different perspective of wrestling. Like to this day, my favorite match is with Trey because it's almost like what um, Rick Flair did with Sting back in the day. It's like how he elevated him to like a whole new uh, world and stuff like that. Now, granted, me and Trey are like the same age and stuff like that. So,
0: and Trey being. For, the, for those not listening, Trey. Uh, yeah, Trey McGill.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're the yeah. same age. You know, that was like my biggest up because um, me and him came up together. So to have a chance to actually like showcase what I can do and do it at a high too, it it made people like take me more serious. I feel like and I was having really good matches and, you know, still in the show, as you would say, <laughs> or whatever, but like. I didn't have those. (laughs) That's
0: that's (laughs) how I feel. I feel
2: like you're a show stealer, sir. But I didn't have that (laughs) moment. I feel like where people were taking me serious as like an actual, you know, um, contender in the the draw. I feel like that I can be able to draw in, in towns and stuff like that. That's how I wrestled Trey. You know, he brought out a different side of me that I needed to happen. I've been begging for some chances like that. And ever since then, I took that shit and ran with it, you know. And obviously, um, when me and Cass first won the tag titles because we came through, we came up together. Um, and that's just my brother. So, yeah, those moments stand out for sure. But other than that, just the people I've met, um, the knowledge that i gained, like, I cherish those moments more so because I'm still cool with those people now. And I can go to them for advice and I can talk to them about certain stuff. And you know it. This wrestling shit is—it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild life, <laughs> for real.
0: <laughs> and that's why I, I love doing this uh, podcast and starting this is so I can put that spotlight back on you guys, and we can, you know, we can give the fans a little taste of, uh, you know, what it is to be an independent wrestler on the scene. Because you know most. People only, you know, casual viewers only see the Monday, Wednesday, Friday aspect of wrestling. Don't realize there's people such as yourself doing this seven yeah, days a week, trying to sure. make a name for themselves. For sure, And it's hard. Speaking of Trey, he's he's at a career, at a bit of a career uh, crossroads right now. am not sure what he's going to do next. And I've noticed if I can maybe sneak it out of you while we're in the middle of this podcast, uh, You've been teasing some next moves coming up. For oh, yeah,
2: for sure. Um, what's, the cast what's going on there? The bag. Um, it's, it's it's quite obvious that, um, I may be going to MLW, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hey, hey. Um, all I know is that I'm going up to their show in February and I'm going to see what's going on and hopefully we can make something happen, man. Cause you know, I've been how hard I've been working, and I just hope that everything goes right. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that they take an interest in me says a lot. Because I let me tell you how I even found that right. I didn't know that they were even interested in me to begin with. I, I put this on everything I love. I did not know. So for the ones the people that's listening, I, I swear to God, I did not know. I was scrolling on Google just on a random uh a random Tuesday, some shit like that. And I see uh, they're talking about uh, new talents coming in. Now, me being a wrestling mark, you know, of course I'm going to click on it, right? So I'm going to see, like, oh, what's going on? Like, what's going on in wrestling? Mm-hmm. Right? I click on it, and they're talking about uh, MLW, certain guys that's coming in, and who they're interested in, whatever, whatever. And they talk about 27 for John Tate Keith. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm 27. I'm like, my name's John Tate. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like,
0: hold on. Like, they talking about me? So I had to, like... Had to do a double take and see if there was another Dante <laughs> Keith out I had to do a <laughs> double take
2: because I'm like, hold on, because, like, somebody taking... Nah, that's okay, that's my life. Now somebody taking my name, saying them the same age as me, all types of shit. You feel me? So I looked at it again. I'm like, yo, like, MLW interested in me. And it, it kind of made sense because, like, folks don't even know that me and Myron real cool. You know? And Mm-hmm. Myron Reed. And, yep. uh, you know, we talk a lot you know, here and there and stuff like that, but when we do was always love. You know, I know him since, like, 2016. Bro. And I feel like, I, I know in my heart of hearts that bro had put a word out for me. Like, I know that's why they even, you know, interested in the first place is because Myron had my name out there and he said, yo, like, check my boy out. I, I, I. And you know, the rest is history. So, shout out to Myron. I know that's probably a little exclusive, but since it's you, you know, hey, that's what it is, man. That's a little rest, That's a little. That's, hey, that's a little I wrestling appreciate history
0: the... for, for somebody <laughs> right now. <laughs> hey, I appreciate the exclusive. Yeah, I didn't think I'd get it out of you, but I had to do my job and ask. Well, yeah, I, keep going, um,
2: man. I ain't got nothing to hide. Everybody
0: knows that
2: <laughs> I've been talking about going to MLW and... Yeah, so, fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things I like about you is you keep it real and you're very open and honest. So, speaking of NMLW, if I could I'll follow up with that. Outside of Myron Reed, because I have a feeling you two would put on an absolute show, that roster has got a lot of good talent on it. Who you got your eye on if you get the chance?
2: Myron. <laughs> Period. Just Myron, uh, for now, You know, because Myron is – like, me and Myron, like, I'm looking at it more so. um And this is how I'm looking at the business. Granted, yeah, there's a lot. Like, MLW, bro. They got, like – to me, that's one of the most underrated rosters in, like, wrestling right now. They rosters, their roster is – they roster is stacked. You feel me? But me and Myron, we kind of cut from the same cloth. Like, for real. We we got, like, the same background in a way. We got uh the same mindset. And I feel like we could tell like a dog ass story. We can have like a, a really good program if everything, you know, lines up the way the, the way I want to line up. You know, I'm open for anything and whatnot. But like, if if I had a chance to work with Myron, we can really like create something special, for real. Excuse me, I'm sorry. We can really, you know, because my ho- my my whole thought process in the business now is, is just hella different. You know, I'm thinking more uh uh like moment wise, dollar signs, you know, it's all about the the bread now, bro. You know, I'm thinking on like how we can just make this make this work. You know, I'm I'm thinking box office now, bro. Like I'm thinking big, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what I feel like wrestling is all about anyway, man. Like you want to make those moments that last forever. And Yo, I'm I'm here for it. I want all that.
0: Now with a matchup with Myron, uh you gonna get him to take the chest protector off to give you a little bit more sort of a fair advantage there. All I know is I'm not
2: about <laughs> I'm not about to chop yeah, this man with it. a chest protector on and he he bet not sell it.
0: <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> but no, nah, um I think if, so, if me and him did something it'll be dope.
0: I know, that would be great. Um, so you, uh, this kind of the whole theme of this particular podcast has been about evolving and evolution for you. And you talked about, you know, the yard or now you're thinking, you know, back then it was just getting the booking and showing out. Now it's dollar science box office. And you took this, you know, past most of the year off for a multitude of reasons. So outside of the MLW thing, what's next? When are we going to see you, you know, come back to the ring, well I'm start booking bookings now.
2: Um so I'm open to do something that's going uh, around January, um, or something like that. But um yeah, like I'm open. I'm I'm keeping my uh my bookings for sure. Because I need to get back in the rain, man. I'm I'm itching.
0: You got any uh I can imagine. You got any particular wrestler that you're wanting to get in the ring with first, or you got like, I know lists were a big thing this year with a lot of downtime. You saw a lot of wrestlers drop in their five mm. wrestlers they wanted to wrestle with. So you mind throwing a couple our way? Out? You, you already mentioned Myron, so I know that that's definitely probably. I up don't. There. I don't
2: really have a list. You know, I, I did before, and don't get me wrong, it was a lot of guys that um that I was checking out or whatever seeing uh, getting the ring with, but anybody. You know, I, I'm at that point. I don't have a list. So, I'm all about just going out there and and just performing. Like, I'm a totally different artist now, man. Totally different artist. You know, I'm going to still go out there and still the show and whatnot, but it's... it's I, I had to learn that it's not... It's not about me. You know what I mean? I'm only as good as, you know, the person I'm working with. It's like a dance. So, if, if I'm not if I'm performing good, but I'm making my uh, opponent look like shit, am I really performing that good? You know, like the GOAT mentality is like to elevate people. You know what I mean? So if I'm in my A game, I expect you to get at your A game, but I'm going to work with you even better. You know what I'm saying? And I expect, I hope that folks you know, will try to elevate me in, in ways I've never been elevated before. So that's how I'm looking at it.
0: That's great. That segues into my next question was, you know, this this business is, you know, growing at a pretty, pretty rapid rate and there's a lot of, you know, federations popping up this, that and the other. Do you have any advice that you would like to give to anybody who's thinking about, you know, becoming an independent wrestler and getting into this Um, business?
2: Yeah, my advice for sure. Um, Don't don't start yarding. (laughs) I mean, if you are yarding, hurry up and get up out of there. (laughs) <laughs> but um if you really wanted
0: i think a lot of people are going to start yarding because of that young bucks book. Oh, they talked about how they started yarding
2: <laughs> but you know like since we are like millennials you know half of the late 80s and early 90s kids all started off you... right because that's just half our generation like you had the hardies you had punk and bucks all these motherfuckers was yarding so we was influenced right. off of that like yarding was a whole wave for a minute. Like that shit it was crazy. I was like, it was a cult. Like yarding is a culture. Like for real. Like backyard wrestling was a culture. It was <laughs> people sleep on that. <laughs> it was like a whole thing in the early two thousands. Right? So <laughs> don't do that. If you gonna do it,
0: oh yeah. They made a whole video like game. Backyard wrestling, backyard wrestling went viral. So, like
2: it's part of like pop culture. Like it's gonna be a part of wrestling right. history. You know, but um, yeah, just get trained the right way, and if you're gonna do it, um, I really, I really advise people to like take acting classes. That's one. Take acting classes and and learn how to um, interesting, um, really like dig down, get into like the business side of it too. Like take acting classes, but also get hit to how the business works. Then wrestling is a carny business and you got to learn, make money. Like it's a, it's a hustle. You know what I'm saying? Don't come into this, to this uh, business with the mindset thinking like, you know what? I might just kill it every show. And that's what it is. Ah, because that's, that's totally wrong. Like I went about it too. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go out there and steal the show. But how come when I'm coming out there and I'm still in the show, like my pockets is still looking a little low because it's not about that. Anybody can have the best match. How are you going to be the best draw? Like that's what you gotta think about, you know. This shit like that that matters. You know what I mean? Everybody knows that Ricky Steamboat and and Macho uh, Man had the best match at WrestleMania three, but who was the draw? They don't give a damn about none of that other stuff. Like, so mm-hmm. think of it more as a business and not and, and get your feelings out. Um, stay away from your feelings for um, from wrestling for a little minute. Get out your feelings when it comes to it and think more business because that's where you're gonna.
0: For real. No, that's really good advice. So speaking of, you know, the independent wrestling and the the growth and the who's 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 that next that next person that nobody's talking about that's that you are a fan of that you say he or she they have it they're gonna make it in this business that maybe under the radar. Under the radar.
2: Uh it's this kid. Yeah. Well, it's my little brother named Blake, Blake Mallory. Like, he's really good, like really good. He's out of he's out of um, Michigan or whatever, but he's he's really good. I'm I really messing with Blake. He doesn't even know how talented he is because he's hella humble. He's a good dude, man. He's just hella humble.
0: I don't know if this is good on my part or not, but I've just discovered him because oh, he became a... Because of, because of his cousin, station.
2: right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know who his cousin is, but I know see, he has that's a cousin that everybody's talking yeah, about... That's crazy. <laughs> Blake's cousin.
2: See, his cousin, more popular than he is. See? <laughs> um, I don't no damn sense. All them bumps he done took <laughs> trying to impress everybody and all all it took is him to bring his cousin. I ain't that a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Hey, whatever gets you over, right? Man,
2: wrestling is, the, is weird, bro. It's <laughs> so weird.
0: weird. <laughs> <laughs> the littlest you, thing you man. can get over for the littlest thing, but yeah, that's how <laughs> that's how he became on my radar. I was like, I don't know, who, I don't know who Blake's cousin is, but he's yeah, it's wild. she. I'm assuming is a she. But,
2: but yeah, part, Blake everywhere. Blake and um, <laughs> who else? It's another dude out of Michigan that's really good, he's a big boy. Isaiah, you know about Isaiah Bronner? Yeah, he's I he's from the know city, about like Isaiah me, we both Bronner. from Detroit. So, I well, all three of us really are, but yeah, he's a big dude.
0: He looks like he could, man, he could, he could kill me with one. You don't one know why he's good though, is because monster. he don't
2: do that much, bro. Like, he he, he got that old school, uh, um. Rufus' aggression, debut Bobby Lashley type swag from <laughs> that type, just that vibe. You know what I'm saying? Remember when when oh. uh, Bobby Lashley first yeah. came to SmackDown, and he was just crushing dudes and throwing them around and shit like that. Like that's that type of vibe. Yeah, That's the type of vibe I get from him. You know, like oh
0: yeah, bro. I miss that Bobby Lashley. I wish they would have never gone the way they that 2018 was rough for Bobby Lashley. And Bronner probably doesn't want me to say this, but he's one of the nicest guys I've came across in this business because I actually interviewed him for the written mm-hmm. part of this spotlight series not it's, too long ago, and he couldn't have been nicer. Man, he's a good it, dude. He's he, man. he, he good. Now.
2: And I, I'll take them <laughs> that maybe Isaiah, he probably <laughs> on my list, but I like working with bigger with bigger dudes anyway because of the story behind it. You know what I mean? It's it's a real easy story to tell when you do shit like that. So,
0: right. I mean. You you go back in wrestling history, and the the little guy versus the big guy is just it, you know it it's one of the you're rooting for that little guy to get one over on the bigger guy. You know it's a classic. It's, um, you know
2: Hogan Andre Ronald just needs somebody like, to, I mean, to sell on. for him, man. Like sell for him oh, yeah, to actually man. like you know give. Him stuff.
0: <laughs> I know a guy. Yeah, I, I know a guy. I know, that a, guy. Really I know well a guy really well. <laughs> I know know a guy. See how given I am?
2: See, I just think about shit like that. I ain't say nothing, but I'm going to kick him in his face. I'm talking about giving him like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm giving him moves to beat me up with. That's some (laughs) bullshit.
0: (laughs) But you you need that in this business, and I I think you've touched on it quite a bit throughout this podcast is – it's not always about getting your offense in and making you shining because, like you said, if your partner isn't, you know, looking great in your match, mm-hmm. did you guys really have a great match? Maybe yeah. well, you did, but they, you know what? I'm, yeah. So there's, I think that that's an amazing quality to have in this business, is because some of my favorite, you know, wrestlers of all time. And I'm not saying this about you. I'm just using it as like mm. kind of a comparison. You know, were jobbers, so to speak. You know, they took a beating and they made yeah. Brock Lesnar's look good, and they made you know the Big Show look yeah, exactly. good by getting their ass kicked. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not yeah, comparing yeah. you to that, but I'm saying it's a good quality to have because you and know that's, your role, that's, and you really just not bad. Like you also
2: in a job, You know, when you get the history behind it, because eventually, well, usually jobbers are like, all right, yeah, you get in the ring, beat them down for whatever, but like folks back in the day used to fuck with the job. That's how you kept a job, you know what I mean? Because if the the main guys on TV see that you're going to sell for them and look good, they're going to constantly want to use you, you know what I mean? Like that's why jobbers was I mean,
0: look at look at Leon Ruff. I mean, he was a jobber all year and Everybody wanted to work. Yeah, everybody gonna want you, you to make him look champion. good somehow. Because he had everybody in the back. Yeah. Everybody wanted to work with him, and then they gave him a shot. And he's, with see? Him. he's in a big you match. Know I'm All you gotta do is just those. know your
2: role. And I had to learn, bro. I had to learn that shit too. That whole know your role stuff. And yeah, it's it's when you think about it, right. it's not really like you just. It's just like yo, everybody is in a movie. And everybody has the you know different scenes. You gotta know your role in that scene, bro. Like it's it's nothing against it's not against you. You just gotta do your part for this right quick. You know what I'm saying? And that's how we gotta look at it in wrestling, like especially in the indies, man.
0: Is that something that you kind of gained with experience and age and as again, mm. we keep talking about the evolution of your career. Was that something that you had, like you learned the hard, the hard I mean, way, so to speak, or not necessarily?
2: Because the way I, the way I think about it, you know, the way my thought process even is even set up, it's just I knew my role. I just was gonna be extra in in my role. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> that's that's how I looked at it. You know, so it wasn't it wasn't really an insult okay. because I'm you like gotcha. I, I'm confident in my abilities to know that even put me if you put me somewhere i'm still gonna be the talk of the show it doesn't matter you know what i mean like i'm i'm confident in that and i feel like everybody should have that that confidence because if you got that then everybody is gonna the show is gonna elevate in itself throughout the whole night if everybody knows how good they are and they stick to their roles and they just do their part and be the best at that part you know what i mean so
0: I mean, I, I talked about it at the beginning. That's, that's how I discovered you and your brother was I'm sitting there and like my second indie show ever. And you guys come out and just with the energy level. And I, at one point, <laughs> I'm pretty sure your brother sat down next to me and was like, why aren't you? Why aren't you clapping? <laughs> We're all clapping. <laughs> You're not clapping. I was like, "Oh, sorry." Like,
1: yeah. cuz I was just
0: sitting there Mr. Cool just watching the show. And I was like, I just I got to I got to follow these guys and they have and that's why I do this podcast, man, is I I want to talk to people like that that mm-hmm. are, you know want to know their role and want to do their part and want to help put others over. It's not about, you know, one person. If the business grows, yeah we grow together, so to speak, you know, not, you know, not one person in the Indies is going to take the wrestling world to the next level. I mean, maybe there's exceptions to every rule, but it's a team effort, especially on some of these, you know, independent mm-hmm. um And that's real. Promotions, you know, and so
2: one of the main things that that's the problem in the Indies is, you know, the egos, no cap. And the ego is like a hell of a thing, bro. And sometimes you got to check it. I had to check mine. My- I'm real enough to admit that I made uh, mistakes when it comes to shows and stuff like that. I've I've been on shows where um, I remember being mad at my wherever I was at. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go over my time on purpose because fuck it. I can't, you know, that's not, you you know what I mean? But at the same time, I was in my feelings. And you got, like I just said, you got to get out your feelings sometimes. You want, we're in there for the betterment of the whole show. It's not just about you, you know, and I had to learn that. And sometimes you got to sit yourself down and be like, you know what, bro? Maybe I was a piece of shit today. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's just what it was. Sometimes you got to learn. You got to learn the hard way sometimes, I
0: guess. As we all do. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's how you grow. And if you don't learn from it, then you just keep making the mistakes. You're not going to grow and be in the spot that you're currently in, which sounds like you're having, you know, yeah, you man. Big you know that on was the horizon, there. and it
2: came out of nowhere. And I, I think that's why it's, it's so special because I wasn't expecting it. You know, I was just like, oh, you know, something happens, something is going to happen whenever, but that boosted my spirits up oh. a little bit more. So it gave me, it gives me something to look forward to.
0: Absolutely. So as we as we wrap this up, I, I do I put these podcasts. I kind of put you on the spot, so to speak. And if there's anything that I haven't asked you or that you'd like to just you talk definitely about put me on the spot. Up, this and you, spot. you pretty
2: much cover everything. I don't, I don't even have anything. Else, <laughs> like I'm I'm just vibing. I'm having a good time.
0: <laughs> oh no, this has been a great conversation, man. I appreciate it. Um. Tell the folks then where, where they can find you um, on your social media platforms if a promoter happens to be well, If you guys want to book little old you me, you
2: know, just uh, highlight me on Facebook, honestly. That's all my shit. Jontae Keith. <laughs> um, I am on Twitter, but I'm not on Twitter. I, I really do not <laughs> like Twitter at all. Like I'm more of a Facebook type of guy because it's easier to operate, so... If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can, you know, uh, at Take Key, that's And, right. yeah, I don't be on Instagram or Snapchat. I'm sorry. I don't. I just I got to know. I don't do it. <laughs> I'm not with it no more. So that's where you can find me.
0: <laughs> I can't say the same for us, but I get what you're saying. Facebook is definitely easier to operate.
2: Yeah, facts. It's no. it's it's your usual you find than the me other. Especially if you're a promoter, and you're trying to get in contact with me. We can talk business. Absolutely. Shoot me a message. I'm not I'm easy to talk to. Yeah, you think I'm pretty easy to talk to, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, this is very free flowing. I'm 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 kicking myself we haven't done this sooner, to be honest with you, and I'm more than Willing to have you on anytime you want to shoot the shit wrestling. We can talk about whatever you want.
2: Well, I, I you appreciate that, man. You are always
0: welcome here on Wrestling Plug, Inc. Man, you're one of you're one of my favorites. Before I get you out of here, just we talked about the MLW thing. Mm-hmm. We talked about how 2020 has been kind of a downer. 2021. What is your what's your goal? What are you looking to do in 2020? Or 2021, I'm sorry. What's the big keep goal growing. and aspiration for you know, John? Taking... Keep
2: growing in the business, and the more I grow, I want the mainly what I want is the business to grow. I want the business to flourish even more. Um, just to touch on something like right quick, um, I, I heard that uh, when I see that AEW and um, Impact are like working together, and I don't have a problem with that at all. Like I, I think that's pretty good you know, for the business is going to open up a lot more doors. My issue with my, my thing is my issue with it. When you guys say, not you guys, not you, but when, when people say like, this is going to open more doors, actually mean that it's going to open more doors because there's a lot of guys that are begging for work. That's looking for work. That's not on the radar right now. You know what I mean? that's what have literally will literally give everything they have to just be on one of those shows and be like, all right, this is what I got. You know what I mean? We need the industry as a whole to, to be getting work. Everybody doesn't need to be out here struggling, um, trying to figure out how they're going to get the shows and trying to figure out this and trying to figure out that. When there are companies that literally be look, that, that has the, the, uh, the ability to look at talent and be like, all right, we're going to bring these guys in. Actually do it. Not just guys that's on the radar. Because you guys keep booking the same people all the time. You know what I mean? There's a whole shitload of people out here that are dying to be on these shows just to get a name for themselves. And that's the indies, too. Like, the indies, there's the difference between super indies and, and lower indies. The super indies need to come together and, and see some of these companies, you know, need a little bit of love and and, and try to work with some of these guys. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's too many wrestlers out here that, um, that are hungry, that aren't getting anywhere. And I, I feel like it's, it's, it's way time for the indies and the wrestling as a whole to for folks to be making a real living off of this shit, regardless if you're an Impact or AEW or wherever you are. If you're, if you're a wrestler, if you're doing something, you should be making a living off doing it because there's far too many things going on out here and I, I feel like more people need to help out. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're going to get me going. No, you're going to get me going on that. I absolutely agree. I don't understand this mentality of like, you know, shitting on AEW for whatever reason. More wrestling opens up more jobs, more doors, more spotlights, more eyes. And to your point, yeah, the independence, you know, start booking different people, more, you know, more diverse instead mm. of the same old people every single night, you know, get more eyes on it. I absolutely agree. I I look mm. at wrestling, the wrestling world as a buffet. Right. It, it's all there. You don't have to eat it. <laughs> you know, if you don't right. like it, just go on to the next thing. But don't dump on, you know, X, Y, and Z for, i seen a lot of people this week crapping on AEW for getting, you know, in the business with mm-hmm. the impact, even if it's even a minor thing or whatever they end up doing, but it, it, it creates a buzz. It creates more opportunities. Like you said, there's now all these new matchups and opportunities are going to happen. And some of those impact people might end up in AEW, which would open up some doors at mm-hmm. impact for some people in MLW ring of honor and even lower. And it all trickles down. So to, to dump on, to dump on a wrestling company for, basically creating more work is silly to me and it's like i said it's a right, buffet for sure you may not for like sure, it but man. you don't have to because try.
2: that's all i, I you know care I mean? about at this point i want the whole industry to go back to like you know the old territory days it doesn't regardless if you was in the business back then you know even if you were a name or you was just a you know a regular guy uh in the business you were still making a living s- somehow because the the main guys drew a lot of money, whereas they can pass that shit down to everybody. You know, like I that should be. I think that's what wrestling is missing again. You know, if if they had if we if we had somebody that can draw like really good drawing power I, I, around all these you know, these parts or whatever, like we can probably all of us can be eating, every last one of us.
0: And I just watched the Rick Flair uh, thirty for thirty the other day, and they, they talked about that a little bit too. The trickle down, how Rick was well known throughout the territories. Maybe wasn't the household name that Hogan was, mm-hmm. but his success trickled down to exactly. Arn and Tully, and everybody else was making money. And I talked to a I talked to a gentleman, uh, Joseph Schwartz, in the first part of the podcast, he said the same thing if mm-hmm. if one of us is eating mm-hmm. none of us are eating you know and if we're not helping the business grow and that's why i that's why i'm here i mean i don't want to make this about me but this is why i'm here i want to help get your guys's names out there and show the light so that you know even if i yeah, get man. you know one more Tay keith fan i feel like i've done my job if that fan you yeah. know buys a ticket or buys a shirt or Gives you a follow and puts more eyes on you, you know, that's helping grow the business. And that's what we should be here for. It shouldn't be as cutthroat as that.
2: Man, man, amen to that, man. That's real shit. That's all I want to, you know, regardless, because you don't even have to be a wrestler to be in the business. And I feel like everybody deserves that respect. You know, the the podcast guys, you know, the referees, everybody that's involved in the business all want to eat off of this somehow. You know what I mean? So we are really helping each other.
0: Like, like Jack exactly. Black said, just because you're not in the band doesn't mean you're not in the band. You know what exactly. I mean? It takes people at the ticket booth, It takes promoters. It takes exactly. you know, people to set the ring up. All those people make this all work. So you got to okay. show them because you never know who's going to make it and who's not. And mm-hmm. Just be nice to everybody on the way up, you know, as best you can, of course. There's always an mm-hmm. exception to the rule and things happen, but you know, do your best to put your best foot forward. And like I said, you, you seem to have from, you know, your beginning to now you've grown a lot. I've been following your career for a few years now, and I can see where you've improved and gotten better and you're starting under. And I just, I can't thank you enough, man, for being a part of this and taking the time out to just man, shoot. So the I shit Anytime you want me back,
2: I'll definitely do it. So feel free.
0: I might have to just have yeah. you back just to talk about tag team wrestling or something. You know what I mean? You've got a, you've got quite the mind for the business, man. I would love yeah, to. Yeah, man. We can make this a part soon whenever so We'll we're have free. to set something up for sure <laughs> in the future. Oh, you know, I'm going to be hitting you up. I'm going to take you up on that for sure. Um, <clears throat> but you know, before we get out of here one more time, thank you, John Tay. Jontae Keith on Facebook, give him a a, a follow, a like, check out his stuff. He's got big things coming in 2021 for us at Wrestling Plug, Inc. As always, you know, follow us on the Twitter, the Instagram. We're on Facebook. That's where we do most of our work. We've got the WordPress where we have the written spotlight series that I've talked about earlier. So give that a like. And until next time, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. K- K- c c I'm a king K- one day, I'ma pull up on an elephant, yeah Give a fuck about a hater tryna knock me, nah, that's irrelevant, yeah Never have I ever second-guess myself, I'm in my element, yeah I'm here to redecorate the rap game Let the gatekeepers know I'm on a mission to embellish it Scratch that, I'll make it evident for him Lil' buddy, so ill, ain't no medicine for him, me a problem This shit I uploaded to the cloud for the free, sound better than your album Chillin' with a honey that look just like Jessica Alba Things get done a little different around here You dealin' with something you never fathom Fuck the bitches, you can have them I'm elsewhere with my focus All of that humble shit's dead Mr. Nice guy's decomposing. I've been trying to break into the industry Them motherfuckers don't notice There's a whack-ass rapper disease going round I got the diagnosis Fuck it, I'm doing them bogus I'd rather eat crumbs with a bum than eat steaks with a snake Yeah, Welcome to my world. I'm inviting y'all to my creative space. Uh, care to join or nah? See, they really want your boy to fall. Yeah, it's all love though. Never let him get my utmost. Life is a bitch. Holla, so up and told. Same shit, different day. That's how it usually goes. Dreams come a size too big, so there's always room to grow. Let's get this show on the road. I'm tired of waiting around. I'm ready to blow. Yeah. I'ma fuck around and move to Cali and I'm never looking back You gotta be the change you wanna see, it ain't nothing to adapt I'ma always rep the band though, I just keep getting ill with the pen yo I'm the only motherfucker I depend on, barely got time to see what friends on They know I'm working, yeah, they know this shit's gonna be worth it, it's only a matter of time I feel I can hang with the best of them when it comes to these rhymes Loyal to my soul, yeah. I they ain't LF then that ain't the slime I'm trying to put on for of my fam, they acting like that's just a crime uh, I ain't taking no prisoners, ooh All these rappers so similar, ooh, look A good leader is a way better listener In real life you ain't no one in particular, motherfucker Thin line between walking and talking it Same line between living it and getting it Real shit uh. Life is a bitch, or so I've been told Same shit, different day, that's how it usually goes Dreams come a size too big, so there's always room to grow Let's get this show on the road I'm tired of waiting around, I'm ready to blow I'm ready to blow I'm ready to go I'm ready to grow Tired of waiting around, I'm ready to blow